This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg. Grab a stool and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Happy New Year to each and every one of you, wishing you all the best. Much uh, peace, good health, and prosperity for 2020. Owen Wolf is my technical producer. Ryan White is the live stream producer. But please note, there's no live stream on YouTube tonight. The YouTube live stream will resume next week. Tonight, a remarkable story that would rival any Ian Fleming spy novel. The story of Ambassador Lee Wanta, a man who, according to this narrative, brought down the Soviet Union, ending the Cold War without firing a shot. After being appointed by President Ronald Reagan as a secret agent, Wanta engineered a series of complex financial transactions, including foreign currency swaps, which essentially bankrupted the Soviet Union. According to the plan, Wanta also accumulated tens of trillions of dollars through these transactions, and a portion of this money was to be used for the benefit of the American people, as we'll hear. However, a number of corrupt political figures have sought to prevent Wanta from fulfilling his mandate and have been attempting to get their hands on these trillions for their own personal gain. The ambassador is presently in a secret and secure location. He'll be joining the program in the second hour. This hour, we're joined by his official biographer, Lon Gibby of Gibby Media Group, and he's here to tell us some of the details and timeline of this story. And again, the man himself, the $33 trillion man will join us in the second hour. Lon Gibby, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Great, Richard. Awesome to be with you. It's Thank been you so much for the invitation. It has been a few years, and we may have some people listening not familiar with the uh, incredible story of Ambassador 
uh, Lee Wanta. So why don't you just sort of give us the thumbnail uh, sketch uh, about Admiral, about Ambassador Wanta uh, and how he became President Ronald Reagan's secret agent through the, uh, the Toten Doctrine. Absolutely. Well, uh, his name is Ambassador Lee Wanta. He's known as Lee Wanta, sometimes Leo Emil Wanta. Uh, both names are applicable to him. Um, Ambassador Wanta was a secret agent under President Ronald Reagan, uh, serving not as a spy, but as a secret agent under what is known as the Toten Doctrine. And the Toten Doctrine was initiated back at the time of Abraham Lincoln, uh, when a, uh, he enlisted a man named Toten to do some special work behind conf- the Confederate lines, which only a secret agent could do, because as a private citizen and a secret agent, they were able to accomplish things that you wouldn't be able to do as a government employee. So I wanted to establish right off the bat that Ambassador Lee Wanted was not an employee of the United States government. He was a secret agent under the Toten Doctrine. Uh, doesn't mean that he wasn't under oath. Uh, and also, he took an oath, and he has a mandate from President Reagan, but he was not considered an employee of the U.S. government, which is interesting. And, and he was recruited people, yeah. during the Cold War, near the end of the Cold War, uh, to... Together, I guess, or or Lee on his own hatched a scheme to bring down the Soviet Empire, what Reagan referred to as the evil empire. What and it's kind of a complicated series of uh, currency swaps, etc. But just uh, kind of simplify it as best you yeah, can. Yeah, in a, in a nutshell, basically the, the the best way that Reagan could figure out how to to take down the Soviet Union was to financially take it down because they just kept buying more arms. The arms race was out of control. Uh, we were just just a, a button away from just annihilating the entire world with a nuclear war. And so the whole idea was, well, let's bankrupt this country, the, the evil empire, let's and take them down. And so with, with Lee Wanta, he brought him in because um, Lee had some, had some unique gifts or talents, whatever you want to call them. He was able to, uh, first of all, he has a photographic memory, ability to remember numbers. Uh, he also has mathematics, uh, has, a, has an amazing understanding of that. But even more important than any of his gifts and talents is that he was somebody that President Reagan could trust, somebody that, 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 that Reagan could, would know that he could send into uh, this environment, and he would do exactly as, as he was asked to do, and there was no surprises with Lee, because he, he, he kept his, his mandate. So, in a, in a nutshell, what they did is that they uh, were able to buy up rubles uh, at a reduced rate, and then, of course, resell those rubles and generate income in the process. And so they pretty much, he got some seed money. Uh, this seed money was uh, through a credit mechanism that was established with China under uh, Deng, Deng Xiaoping uh, and President Reagan. That might surprise you that President Reagan was working directly with Deng, Deng, Deng Xiaoping. And uh, if there was a counterpart to Lee in China. His name was Howie Kwok. And the two together worked hand-in-hand. Hand. 
And, and by the way, what you might ask yourself, well, why in the world would China be wanting to take down the Soviet Union? At the wow. time, a lot of people don't remember that the Soviet uh, Union was encroaching on China and causing a lot of problems. There was, a, there was a, a, a possibility of a big war breaking out between China and Russia at any time. Right. So the enemy uh, of my not, enemy is my yeah. friend. And so the United States yeah. used that yes, as... Yes. as uh, rationalizing why they would, would hook up with the Chinese. Exactly. So uh, people don't understand that unless you go back in history because they would think, oh, gee, uh, China and Russia have always been such great friends. Well, everybody forgets the China-Russian you know, Russian war of the past. They forget about all the problems that they've had at their border, skirmishes and all that. So in the context of that time period, it made total sense for uh, President Reagan to join forces with with uh, China at that particular time. And that doesn't mean, you know, they emb- we embrace communism or any of that. It was just that it was a way of getting rid of the, of the evil empire, which incidentally isn't the Russian Federation, is, is the government that we call it now. It's completely different. It's not the Soviet Union. It's the Russian Federation. So in a, anyway, getting back to that, to the story, how this happened, it was able to get about 150 billion in credit mechanism to be able to use a seed money to start uh, to affect, you know, the the absolute disintegration of the of the Soviet Union's financial system, and they did that by through ruble ruble exchanges. So he was, and, if uh, I understand it correctly, yeah. Lon, uh, what Lee was doing. Well, I guess the the ruble was pegged at about a dollar twenty U.S. And uh, but he was but but in inside the Soviet Union you couldn't buy anything because you know their That's economy correct. was a mess. So so using that seed money, um, Ambassador Wanta was able to buy from people and organizations inside the Soviet Union, buy the rubles back for about twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven cents a ruble instead of a dollar twenty. Exactly. Yeah, it's amazing what they did and. By the way, I, I'm serving as uh, Lee's communication director, and, uh, as well as I helped him uh, give media my company uh, in the United States. We uh, we uh, helped uh, do some of the media work for Lee, including uh, we, his biography. So we had the we worked on this for about five years. So I've had a chance to look at a lot of the documents and and, and look and of course spend lots of time with Lee. I still do on a regular basis, and I can tell you that you know the information. Uh, behind it is, uh, is, is all factual and people are pretty surprised to understand how this all happened. There's a lot of different versions and people have tried to take credit for it, but it was really President Reagan under his, with his secret agent, Ambassador Lee Wanta, who affected the, uh, removal of the Soviet Union or the destruction, whatever you want to call it, the takedown of the Soviet Union. And it was all done financially. Right. And then they that- couldn't, they couldn't even afford gas for their tanks at the, at the tail end, and they couldn't even pay their people. Their soldiers had to walk off the job. They, did, they didn't have any money. So buying up all of these rubles, you've got rubles leaving, I guess, the Soviet Union, and this caused a, uh, the currency to collapse, essentially. It caused the currency to collapse, and, the, and the, you, for example, you'd have to have a truckload of rubles just to, just to be able to buy anything. I was in the Soviet Union in 1988 producing a documentary on uh, the food professionals uh, sharing food between our two countries. 
Uh, and in the, when we were there, if you wanted to buy a VCR, for example, uh, a video tape, you know, a VHS VCR, uh, you would have had to have, you know, probably, a, you know, 5,000 or 10,000 rubles to even get, even, even to be able to purchase one. So everybody was trying to get a hold of U.S. currency at the time because that was the only way that people could buy anything. It was, it was really hard to, to to buy anything outside of Russia, you know, out of, outside of the Soviet Union without uh, some other currency. And then Lon was using the proceeds from this currency swap, uh, you know, buying the rubles at, uh, you know, 25, 26, 27 cents. They're worth a dollar twenty, or they're pegged at a dollar twenty. Then he's buying huge amounts of gold, correct? Uh, they were buying gold and also purchasing, you know, other. Uh, you know, tangible property. It was all going to, you know, to assets of uh, varying types. But gold, there was purchase of gold as well. So he's doing sort of two things simultaneously. He's destabilizing yeah. the ruble um, and uh, basically pulling the rug out from underneath the Soviet Union so they can no longer uh, keep up with the, uh, with the United States in terms of uh, weapons procurement and so forth. Uh, and at the same time, he's amassing this unimaginable fortune, um, yeah. which would eventually, with interest, total, where are we at today? Something like $33 trillion it's now worth? Well, this is, you know, it's, it's, at a 30, it's around $33 trillion if you look at the, uh, at the value of that today. Uh, it was, it, it's, but actually, uh, because of, of, all of all of the transactions that have been done and the value of it has been listed in the World Bank is at forty four hundred and thirty three trillion. Four hundred and forty three uh, trillion. All right. We'll come yeah. back to that in, in a moment, but back to the yeah. Cold War. Uh and so when Reagan made that famous speech at the Berlin Wall, Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall, he already knew the Soviet Union was collapsing, right? Oh, absolutely, and they, they knew that that was that was happening as well as they also knew that Gorbachev himself was uh, very close to uh, being willing to step down, which was one of the key things that had to happen in order for the Soviet Union to collapse and the, and the Russian Federation to be launched. By the way, in which Lee is a signature on the on the original uh, uh, general agreement of cooperation, Lee actually was a signer on that. That. Uh, that certain things had to take place. Number one, Gorbachev had to step back and uh, go into retirement or just, you know, go start a, his own foundation or disappear. Well, that all happened because uh, Lee uh, gave, uh, negotiated, had to go in again as a totem doctrine, uh, private citizen, not and a secret agent, not as a spy or anything. He was, he got what the trust of the Kremlin. He was able to go into the Kremlin, have a meeting with Gorbachev, uh, in which case, Gore, he was uh, given the opportunity to say what he would like to step down. And he said $10 billion, and immediately uh, Lee said accepted. And that money was uh, immediately transferred into his account, and he stepped down. That happened. That's right. part of history that nobody knows about. And did, did Gorbachev realize what had happened, that, that it was... Uh, Ambassador Lee Wanta that had orchestrated the, the, these currency swaps and this financial dealings that 
collapse the ruble? Well, I don't know if he knew all the details at the time. I can't answer that. Maybe Lee, that's a good question for Lee when he comes on later. Right. But I'm not certain if how much Gorbachev understood all of that. But I just knew that uh, he just um, was willing to step down because he knew that uh, the Soviet Union uh, had no future, that uh, that it was the evil empire. I mean, he... He he was he accepted that communism wasn't the route for the Russian people, and uh, this new Russian Federation is not the Soviet Union, by the way. A lot of which a lot of people want to make it into. Uh, it's the Russian Federation, but uh, apparently Gorbachev felt that that was the best direction for the hit for the Ru- Russian people. Doesn't mean that he abandoned them uh, or left. I believe, and of course he lives in. Presidio, he lives in California, and he's you know has the foundation, and he's been doing work with with the right. money that he got. And after he's the, out there, after yeah. the, the the Iron Curtain fell and the Cold War was over, and the Soviet Union collapsed thanks to uh, to uh, Lee Wanta, did the did Lee then extend an olive branch to the new newly formed Russian Federation in the form of some sort of aid? To help them get their back, back oh, on their feet. Oh, absolutely. That's well. That's see. That's a really important point because what the general agreement of cooperation that was signed. And by the way, if if you go to Eagle One to Wanta, uh, that's the website. We'll talk about that later. But they can actually read a draft of that agreement. Uh, but that's on that site. But anyway, that particular agreement said that uh, that the Russian Federation, a democratic type government would be proceeding forward and that they would have the ability to, um, you know, uh, sell goods to their neighbors. You know, they have the neighbors like Georgia and Uzbekistan and uh, they have uh, the Ukraine uh, is a a neighbor. Be like us, you know, selling to Canada, I think, the United States being able to continue to sell oil and gas to Canada. uh, That that was guaranteed in that agreement that they can do uh, business together. And, And plus, uh, there was what was called the Reagan-Mitterrand Protocol. And the Reagan-Mitterrand Protocol uh, assured that certain countries that helped take the Soviet Union down, because it took some cooperation between the French, uh, Canadians were even involved, uh, surprisingly. A lot of people don't know that, but the Canadians played a part in it. Uh, the English, uh, England, uh, and, of course, the Russian Federation itself was guaranteed uh, $50 billion of the Reagan-Mitterrand protocol money, $50 billion. And each country in France was guaranteed a certain amount, and Lee can tell you the exact amounts that are on that. But, but those countries were all to receive some funds out of, out of the takedown. And then um, Reagan was very smart, and, and of course, Lee is a private citizen, so this is really his money. A lot of people have tried to say, well, that belongs, you know, that just needs to be converted over to the corrupt Federal Reserve System, which, by the way, which is not federal and it's not a reserve and it's not a bank. And a lot of people think it's a real legitimate organization and that they should have that money. But this is private citizen money. So, but it was, it did have a mandate associated with it. And that mandate was that that it was supposed to be spent on on furthering our country. The, the Reagan-Mitterrand protocol money had to be paid. And then we would put, uh, Lee was willing to put this money, a big percentage of it, into paying his taxes, which would have taken out our 
our uh, any na- any debt which we had. Plus, he was to build a high-speed rail system, create tons of jobs, also to help with the student loan issues, uh, you know, because that's been, you know, there's a lot of people that have been caught in that trap. Sure. It's a huge bubble. To get the, bubble. To get the banking bubble. system, you know, figured out. Right. Probably help with the medical program. All kinds of good things could needed to be done with this money. So let me just recap. It wasn't, so if I could, yeah. uh, Lon Gibby is with us from Gibby Media, and he is the, uh, among other things, uh, documentary filmmaker, the uh, the documentary is called Eagle One Tawanta, and I believe you can still see trailers for that at eagleonetawanta.com. That's the website. Also, and that's, uh, spelled, that's spelled out, Richard, too. It's just Eagle One Tawanta spelled out. Right. In other words, Eagle com. One being the code word for the president, Eagle One Tawanta. Uh, EagleOneTawanta.com. And the uh, also, Lon is the uh, the publisher. Uh, and I guess editor of the uh, the official uh, authorized biography of uh, Lee Wanta called Wanta, Black Swan, White Hat. And that book is just chock full of uh, documents. If all of this sounds too incredible to believe, uh, that book uh, contains uh, copies of, of uh, so many different documents, court documents, etc., which really validate everything that is that is being said here. Um uh, so, as I've mentioned... Many- well, thank you. Thank you, Richard, for bringing that up. You know, the, the nice thing about that book, by the way, it's available on Amazon.com, iBooks, and also Barnes & Noble, but a hard copy is available at Gibby Media. But uh, it comes with a disc with all of those documents. We wanted to make sure that people could read them uh, for themselves. So if you don't have the digital copy, of course, it has the links to those documents. But the, the hard copy or the paperback copy has an actual disc with it that has all of those documents as uh, evidence that back up everything. Right, and it truly does, this story rivals uh, an Ian Fleming spy thriller. Uh, now, let me just recap. So, uh, Lee Wanta, uh, hired by President Reagan under the Toten uh, Doctrine to act as a secret agent uh, and through a series of financial, complex financial dealings, uh, and currency swaps and purchasing gold and, and so forth uh, brought down the Soviet Union. Just they were financially collapsed. Uh, essentially, they had to surrender. Uh, and at the same time, he amassed this incredible uh, a, a treasure in the in the uh, tens of trillions of dollars, although it's been valued as high as 400 and north of 433 trillion dollars. Uh, that money under the uh, the reagan Mitterrand protocol uh, was to be sort of repatriated, and then the taxes paid on that would amount to, uh, well, enough to pay off the, the United States uh, debt, uh, and then a portion of that would also to be, was to be used uh, for massive infrastructure programs. We hear President Trump talking about infrastructure programs. This money would fund that. Perhaps it would have also funded the wall. Uh, a high-speed train, uh, pay off the uh, the student loans, which is a huge uh, 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 bubble debt bubble that's that's going to have could have a major impact on the U.S. economy. So that's where we're at so far. Now we're going to take a time out yeah. here, and um, when we come back, we'll talk about where that money is and why it didn't get to the U.S. Treasury or wherever it was supposed to go. How did 
Lee essentially lose control of uh, those untold trillions of dollars. Lon Gibby from Gibby Media Group, my guest, and uh, a little bit later in the program, uh, towards uh, the second hour of the show, we will uh, hear from the man himself who is in a uh, secret and secure location. Uh, He is listening in on this conversation and he will join us. Uh, We'll get it right from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. We are back with Lon Gibby, who is the, uh, I guess, the communications uh, specialist for Ambassador Lee Wanta. And he is also uh, the head of Gibby Media Group and the publisher of the book Wanta, Black Swan, White Hats, and uh, also the uh, the documentary, which is called Eagle One to Wanta, eagle1towanta.com, the website. Uh, so the Cold War ends. Lee is sitting on this uh, huge uh, treasure uh, uh, worth an estimated, well, by today's dollars again, around $33 trillion. So then what happens? What is he, is he at this point trying to get back into the country to repatriate uh, well, the money? That, that's a good question. One of the, well, the, one of the first things that happened, his counterpart, um, uh, Mr. Howie Kwok, uh, who Lee worked together with very closely to make this all happen. It was a team effort uh, to, to be able to take down the Soviet Union with Chinese involvement because of, of uh, Howie Kwok, who was a member of the, of the uh, top uh, warlord family. He was, you know, a, a very respected in China. Anyway, um, they, had, they got together with H.W., uh, President Bush at the time, and uh, was, were told that all of their holdings should be uh, that uh, that they owed him a big chunk of that money. And personally, it was not you know it wasn't like hey give me this. Money. He wanted this to be go to him. And uh, when Howard Howie Quack heard that, he got upset and called him a name, which I won't repeat. <laughs> and uh, two days later, he was poisoned to death and uh, and, and died. So and then uh, so let me just make, and, make sure that, I understand this, yeah. Lon. So yeah. So Reagan serves out his second term. He steps yeah. down. An election. George Herbert Walker Bush. That's Bush forty-one. Poppy Bush is elected and uh, defeats um, the Democratic candidate Michael Dukakis. Uh, and right. he he demands a cut. For what reason? What what what? What was his rationale? Well, Why you got he... to remember that H. Um, uh, w. Bush, and again, um, Lee can speak more to this than probably I can, but I could just tell you that he was real name was Sherp. He his family uh, Prescott Bush was in, was involved with helping to fund the Nazis and were involved in yes. some financial dealings uh, in the past. You probably talked about that before on yes, the show, we have. so that's nothing. That's nothing new. But what is new is that uh, as president of the United States, he he personally was interested in getting control of this money, not so much to help our country, but he wanted personally to... Remember, he was involved with the CIA. And the CIA, um, well, more and more people are starting to understand that the part of the CIA obviously um, is a, almost like a criminal organization, and they fund themselves, and they do lots of things in other countries that, that we as Americans citizens wouldn't agree to right but they do so 
So with his involvement and all the things he was doing, um, he felt that a big chunk of that of their money that Lee and Howie Kwok had amassed from this from this should go to him personally. And when refused it, uh, then Howie Kwok was eliminated, and then uh, Ambassador Lee Wanta was rushed to out of the, out of that country, and actually went to Toronto. And a lot of people don't know this, but Dan Quayle. Uh, vice president at the time was responsible for saving Lee's life, moved him to Toronto where he lived for over almost a year and a half in the Toronto area, hmm. uh, in a, in a, under special protection. And so, uh, Lee has a, a love for the Canadian people, um, you know, cause he w- was there for a year and a half. And, uh, when he, uh, when it looked like things can move forward, uh, with, with the funding, he went to Switzerland. Um, you kind of, the, the Clinton family was reaching out, trying to get, um, uh, Lee's, they knew about Lee's money, of course. And, and we know today that the Clintons and the Bushes are pretty much the same. You know, they work together. But, uh, at the time, you know, the Clintons, uh, had a foundation, uh, and they had within their foundation, they still have that foundation, but there's, it was called the Children's Defense Fund. And so, um, uh, they, uh, uh, a lady named, uh, Vimir at the White House contacted Lee and asked that he go and meet with, um, Vince Foster in Switzerland, where Lee, because Lee's a philanthropist, he heard, you know, he's, he has a lot of money, so he figured, well, I'll donate some money to the Clinton Foundation, to the Children's Defense Fund, so he, uh, went to Switzerland. Um, he was doing business there as well, you know, on other, other business transactions, but he went there specifically to meet with Vince Foster and, uh, now on his way from his hotel to meet with Vince Foster at the hotel was and he was arrested. Uh, and, but the, but the $250 million that he donated to the children's defense fund was couriered to the hotel where Vince Foster was. And that did arrive in, and and was taken back to Washington D.C. with Vince Foster. In other words, Vince, we Vince that, Foster was a yeah. bag man for the Clintons, although he may not have known that that money. I'm guessing that money never made it to the children. Well, it never went anywhere that we know of, and there's there's been no uh, accounting of that money. Right. Uh, nobody's accounted for it. And of course, Vince Foster allegedly committed suicide. Um, uh, probably, I think it was ten days later by shooting himself twice in the head, which is kind the, of an interesting in the back of the way head. To do it. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, so Lee uh, was arrested. His briefcase that he had in his hand at the time contained sixteen billion in U.S. Treasury notes because Lee traveled with a lot of you know he traveled with with uh, different financial mechanisms with him in his briefcase, and he also had his medal that he got from President Reagan, who uh, he had saved his life from an assassination attempt, which a lot of people don't know about. There were a number of assassination attempts, not to the one that almost succeeded, but one that the public doesn't know about, which we're going to be talking about in our new documentary, where we helped. Uh... Anyway, he had a medal in there, and he had a lot of his personal notes and all of his business papers and all that. They took his briefcase away, uh, arrested him, and he he resided in a Swiss dungeon for a period of a, of around 138 days. And there were no charges. They, yeah. did, they just, the Swiss no police charges. came in and, and basically kidnapped him and threw him in the, in the dungeon. 
it was flat out kidnapped. I mean, there's no, there's no explanation. There's no, and he, by the way, he was an ambassador. Anybody could, can look it up and see that he was an ambassador because even the Supreme Court, when he's had a number of, uh, appearances on the Supreme Court with the Supreme Court and other, they call him an ambassador and they put his ambassador number on. I mean, they, they had to because he's an ambassador. Right. But let me ask they you about, the, about they, that, if yeah, I could, Lon, yeah. just uh, because yeah. that has always um, interested me. I, I don't know that I've uh, actually heard how or why he was an ambassador. Uh, and it has to do with Somalia. He was the Somali ambassador well, to what country? Uh, to Switzerland and, and also to uh, and Canada, so he was he was working as an ambassador, so he could con- conduct some. And you remember that his background was law enforcement. Uh, besides being a a whiz kid, you know, and with a lot of gifts of of uh, mathematics and being able to memorize things, he was a actually worked for the Walker County uh, Sheriff's Department uh, in, and actually had a, a, a sheriff badge. So he was somebody that they trusted well uh, to work on some other things that could help our government, uh, especially the military and other other applications. And so he served as an ambassador, uh, for, you know, and he can tell you more about his work on Mogadishu and some of the things he was trying to do as that ambassador. But they stripped him of his uh, passports, and those were in his briefcase too, by the way. And right. so... He would have had so, diplomatic so, immunity. I mean, there's as an ambassador, you, you can't you can't arrest an ambassador, right? It's, it's a totally uh, that's a, a major uh, a treasonous act. I mean, you can't do that. Well, while well, Switzerland apparently felt they could, or was compelled to do that, which which made me feel really sad about that because I you know I always I love the Swiss Swiss people, but I just can't believe that they allowed that to happen. And so here he is in a Swiss dungeon, a pre-Nazi era dungeon in a dark room, no windows, and was there for 138 days, no communication whatsoever. They all, the only thing they did is that somebody walked in and told him, by the way, Fence Foster uh, is dead. So they wanted him to know that kind of just to make him feel bad. That's the only thing he really learned. The other thing is that they gave him some cheese, some special uh, cheese, but they didn't know that he was lactose intolerant. So instead of unwrapping that really nice wrapped cheese, he gave it to a, one of the prison officials who was there, and he was really happy to get it. And that night, that prison official passed away, died. Oh, my. Uh, of poison. Lon, we, yeah. have to, we have to take a time out here. When we come back, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out how um, Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin comes to his rescue. And uh, from there, Lon is headed to New York. Uh, right. We'll pick up on this story on the other side. Lon Gibby from Gibby Media Group, the official spokesperson for Ambassador Lee Wanta, Ronald Reagan's secret agent, the $33 trillion man. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Peering into the shadows where the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. Lon Gibby is with us, and uh, the official biography of Ambassador Lee Wanta is Wanta, Black Swan, White Hat, and the uh, documentary is Eagle One to Wanta. Uh, the website is eagleonetowanta.com. Just a reminder that Ambassador Wanta is standing by on the phone in a secret and secure location, and he will join us uh, in the second hour. 
And uh, right now we continue to sort of lay the groundwork here for those not familiar with the backstory. Uh, Lon Gibby is with us from Gibby Media Group. And um, so he's languishing in the, uh, the, the basement of this Swiss prison uh, for a hundred and, well, whatever it is, 140 uh, 38 days, days, 138 yeah. days. Uh, he survives a, uh, an attempt on his life. They tried to poison him. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, he, um, he gets a letter from Yitzhak Rabin. What's that all about? Well, he had uh, uh, reached out to uh, Mr. Rabin because of their uh, knowing him well and uh, asked for help. He appealed to him. And so uh, Rabin actually uh, you know, sent a letter uh, and responded to Lee and uh, did approach the prison, and, and I'm not sure how he did it, but he was able to get Lee released and was helpful in that process. Lee can explain more about what happened during that, but there was a letter. I have There is a copy of one of the letters that came back from Rabin specifically, specifically to Lee, and it's on the website. And he got his 16, but, trillion, uh, 16 billion back in, in was no, it? No, no. Well, he, no, he didn't get any money back. His briefcase was sent with him on uh, to New York City, and that's where they decided to have him uh, go first to report back in. So he was sent on a flight to New York City. When he got to New York City, uh, he was immediately escorted and picked up, and he didn't have his briefcase uh, on him at the time, but it was, it, was, it was with him somewhere. Somebody was had it. That was escort. So he gets to New York and immediately uh, is taken to uh, New York City police and put in an area um, where he is. It's underground. It's it's a place where there's very you can't get communication. It's uh, cell phones don't work or anything. It's just a real back then they didn't have cell phones, but there's just no way to communicate with anybody. So in, in other words, the moment he was, uh, lands in the United States, they slap the cuffs on him again. After yeah, he after he's yeah. released from Swiss uh, Swiss prison, he's arrested again by the New York City police. He's taken to a, a, a station, and what he's he's charged yeah. with what? Nothing. That's the point. Uh, now I have uh, I've released these documents so that we have some of them on the website now. Uh, you saw him from the Newsline program that we did recently. That that uh, he was brought before a uh, two days later before a uh, district. Uh, magistrate, uh, U.S. magistrate judge, Judge Alan Ross, who is now a full, uh, district, uh, right. U.S. district court judge. This is a federal anyway, court, the Eastern District of New York, federal, federal court, right. And she's still there, by the way. So I tried to get these documents of all the things that transpired, and they were considered restricted, if you can imagine, no way to get them. But I was able to get the one that says uh, on the on the 19th of November of that year, I think it was 1992, he was brought before, and uh, anyway, his um, judge, Aylan Ross, completely dismissed him of any charges. The Wisconsin was standing by trying to get a hold of him because he was a resident of Wisconsin, or he, but he really wasn't. He was a resident of Vienna at the time. But Wisconsin was trying to make a case that they needed to have him ex- extradited back to Wisconsin because he, he hadn't paid some civil tax charges. 
and they had some other trumped up charge on him that wasn't even made any sense at all, where Wait. they were trying to say that he this was is, part of a big crime. All right, this yeah. is a, this is a short segment. We're going into a break here, but let me just—I mean, this is astounding. So uh, he's thrown in a Swiss prison. He comes back. They they immediately arrest him and drag him into a federal court, charging him with uh, uh, tax evasion. No, well, well, the Wisconsin was trying to make a case to get him right. Uh, the state, but the, but this U.S. judge completely dismissed this case and and let him go. Right. Okay. And, well, uh, and he we'll, was free. He was free to go. All right. We'll take a, a quick time out and uh, come back on the other side. Uh, one more segment with uh, Lon Gibby flying solo, and then we'll bring in Ambassador Lee Wanta right here on the Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Happy birthday to you. Hey. Bye. Where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Lon Gibby from Gibby Media Group. He is the official spokesperson for Ambassador Lee Wanta, the $33 trillion man, President Reagan's secret agent, the man who brought down the Soviet Union without firing a shot, uh, and is sitting on a, uh, a vast fortune of $33 trillion, although it may be more. And um, so we were talking about, so he appears before this federal court in New York. Uh, the yep. judge, Judge and Ross... You, you- has uh, totally yep. dismissed the case, but before he left the court, and, and, and you can see that you can see the dismissal. I mean, it's on our website. Right, you can look and, it up. It's, and she refers right, to him yeah. as in the court documents. He's referred to as Ambassador uh, Lee Wanta. For those that have that tried to correct. for those that have tried to discredit uh, he, him, he's referred to as an ambassador. Uh, you know, and she also was asking Lee, and and we haven't got this document yet because that's been restricted. But I will under the Freedom of Information Act, we will have this document shortly. But basically, she said to Lee, she said, "What's this? What's this brief in your briefcase?" And which indicated that he they had his briefcase. There's sixteen billion dollars in, in uh, U.S. Treasury notes. What's this all about? And what? Why? What are you an ambassador? Why are you? Why are you an ambassador? She couldn't. She was flabbergasted. But uh, of course, when I called to ask about that case, uh, they did, the, the her aide said she didn't know anything about it, couldn't remember, it, and asked, and just encouraged me to try to get a hold of the court records, which I did. You know, and I found out it was dismissed. But anyway, that particular. Uh, so so. She just released him, but of course didn't give him his briefcase, and Lee just walked out the door. And when he walked out the door. Uh, there was a uh, the, the police department from the New York police arrested him immediately and said that he was on a warrant, you know, from the state of Wisconsin because he hadn't paid some taxes, or, and they were arresting him. And he resided in the New York underground in that police station that's underground that nobody can ever communicate to. I think that's where they took Epstein for a while. But anyway, he was 
uh, he's, he was basically in, in down underground in the New York police station there for about 28 days and then sent back to Wisconsin uh, and where he stood charges. And again, you can read about the court proceedings at Kangaroo Court. Governor Tommy Thompson, who was a Republican working under Bush, they had this all planned out how they were going to get control of Lee and uh, get his money. And so they, of course, his briefcase still, his private property still has not been delivered back to him. Now, let me just ask you, let me back up for a second. Why did Judge Ross dismiss? I guess she wasn't in on it. Uh, Was she being directed by someone at the Justice Department to dismiss the charge or to release him? How did that happen and why? I think she just released him because my personal opinion after reading this information is that she... She couldn't see any reason to, to retain this man. This was a person that was obviously doing some high-level work way beyond her knowledge. She was working under the president, uh, Reagan. He also was an ambassador. He also had treasury notes in his, uh, under his name that no one else should be named. No one could cast those unless they you know, were right. somehow through criminal enterprise figured out a way to do it. And before, and before he left, yeah. I mean, when she asked him, what's this, what, why do you have $16 billion worth of treasury notes in your briefcase? Someone else interrupted uh, because they didn't want that to go on the record, right? That's exactly right. They had, there was a group there representing, you know, another part of our government that was there trying to make a case that, 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 that he shouldn't be allowed to um, be released, that he should be retained for a much longer period of time. So when they released him, then they had to figure they had to, and he, by the way, there's no charges. He was, he was dismissed and arrested from New York. New York's in trouble because New York City arrested him on no charges at all. They, basically, he's a kidnapped, illegally kidnapped person. Right. And just to move things uh, along here, he ends yeah. up in Wisconsin under Governor Tommy Thompson, who is a, a friend of President George W, or George Herbert Walker Bush at the time. Uh, they're both, you know, Trying to separate Lee from these trillions, so now they throw Absolutely. him in the they throw him in the clink on a trumped up charge of tax evasion in Wisconsin, where he ends up serving what eleven years. Yeah, eleven years, and then he was on probation after that for a long time. And and you know his life, he's basically uh, he doesn't live a normal life even today. He's a, like a political prisoner. He can't he can't he doesn't have the freedom. His human rights were stolen from him. All of his belongings, they destroyed his family. He lost his home. He lost, you know, his wife divorced him. His wife, you know, that's a whole other part of the story that's really sad. But uh, he was, a, he, and the only reason that he got out of prison at one point was because of Al Gore stepping up to the plate and, you know, making sure that he was safe and got, was able to get released. And this was in Wisconsin. That's another part of the story we can talk about later. But, uh, Anyway, all that that briefcase, by the way, Governor Evers has been advised. You know, we've sent that's letters the, to him. He the, never, re, pre- never responds. He's the present the governor. Current. Yeah, he's been advised that you know that that Lee's charges were dismissed in in by Judge Judge Alan Ross, and that um, that the that the briefcase that he has with his personal belongings, including his crazy notes, need to be returned to him. Somebody's got those. They have not returned his personal property. And this, okay. now and we're, so, we're talking again, about that's a now. Small amount, that's a right. small amount of money compared to what they really stole from. We're going to talk about that later, and I'll at least explain what they, how they have been able to manipulate that other money. But 
that's just what he had in his possession in his briefcase. That's been that's been stolen from him, and uh, and he was kidnapped, uh, basically by the and 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 by the state of Wisconsin. So after he gets okay. after he's released finally from a Wisconsin prison after eleven years, he's on probation. Uh, is he allowed to leave the United States? No. No, that's the other thing. I mean, he, but, but we got to remember, he, there's the good news is that Lee has actually, because of his work that he was doing under the Toten Doctrine, uh, he, there's, he, he there's, uh, there's other people under his name that are, are still working outside of the United States under his name. Trying, trying to get that money yeah. back into the United yeah. States. Yeah. And there, you know, remember that President Reagan was the last duly elected president of the United States. And so Lee has not been fired. He still works for the president. Yeah. We'll get Lee on here to explain that because I've never quite um, understood that. uh, And I know Lee will explain it. But how we, you know, Reagan served eight years. The Constitution, you know, an amendment says you can only serve eight years. He served his eight years. um, But he believes, I guess, that the election George George Herbert Walker Bush stole the election, or sorry, George W. Bush stole the election from Al Gore. George, I mean, H- well, H. W. First of all, wasn't um, qualified to run because he was, his family was not allowed to run. Oh, that's office. right, trading with the enemy act. That's yeah. right. Poppy Bush, um, or sorry, Prescott Bush was charged by the U.S. Congress with a trading with the enemy. That those were the the Nazis. Uh, he yeah. basically was stripped of his. Um, um, his, his money and, 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 and so forth. And then according to the, I guess it was a plea bargaining arrangement, the Bushes were forbidden from ever holding public office again. Correct. Therefore, George Herbert Walker Bush was not eligible to be president. So he's not a duly elected official. Uh, and then I guess. And then, the, and then in the 1992 election was an election that was uh, rigged. You know the way that was set up for the for the Clintons to get it, uh, Bill Clinton to win that election. You know, with Ross Perot, uh, you know, some of the vote was stripped off it. He was only elected with forty one percent of the vote. You know, and so uh, that election was a uh, a planned rigged election. Okay, and then the election of Al Gore was stolen, flat out stolen uh, away from Gore. Gore actually won that election. And uh, that election was stolen. Okay, so because right. these presidents are all invalid, uh, according to Lee, then his his Toten um, doctrine is still valid. In other words, he's still a secret agent. Oh yeah, yeah, he still has a mandate uh, that he and he took an oath, and and he has a mandate that he is still still um, he will not bend on that. And I've still trying to get the money over back. And over about this. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take yeah, a time out. We're, we're at the top. He's not accept any bribes or anything like. He's already been bribed, and I'll tell you about that later. All right, we're at the top of the hour of here. When we come back, yeah. uh, Lon Gibby and I will be joined by Ambassador Lee Wanta, the thirty-three trillion dollar man, Ronald Reagan's secret agent, right here on the Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Thanks for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed rec room with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker, your loft, 
that greasy spoon just off the interstate and your cabin in the woods. A big howdy to all of you listening in on our flagship station, AM 740 and 96.7 FM here in Toronto. And hi to those of you tuning in on one of our affiliate stations across North America. Hey, you streaming us on zoomerradio.ca and those of you streaming us on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. Just a reminder, once again, no live YouTube stream tonight. Those will return, that will return rather, next week. However, and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes and I thank you for your fine company. Now, before we get back to Lon Gibby of Gibby Media, the official spokesman for Ambassador Lee Wanta, a quick reminder to register at my website, strangeplanet.ca. It's fast and easy. And once registered, you'll start receiving my free monthly newsletter, Inner Sanctum. The January issue is just hours away from being published. So you want to register as soon as you can. Otherwise, you'll have to wait for February. So again, register. Uh, oh, and once you register, incidentally, once you register at strangeplanet.ca, not only do you get the free newsletter, you'll also be automatically entered into the monthly draw for free Strange Planet merchandise. Again, register right now at strangeplanet.ca. And one other thing, my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited, drops three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and you can listen and subscribe at conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. Conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. Lon Gibby stays with us, the uh, official uh, spokesperson for Ambassador Lee Wanta, Ronald Reagan's, Ronald Reagan's secret agent and uh, the $33 trillion man. Uh, the website is eagle1towanta.com, eagle1towanta.com, all spelled out. And uh, the official biography of Ambassador Wanta is Wanta, Black Swan, White Hat. And um, Lon Gibby, we are uh, about to introduce the man himself, Ambassador Wanta, who we've reached on the line in a secret and secure location. Do we have him? Yes, we do. Uh, Lee, are you there? Yes. Good day, everybody. Ambassador Wanta. And Happy New Year, wherever you may be. Happy New Year to you, and welcome back to the Conspiracy Thank Show. How are, how are you, sir? I'm good. I lost some weight, and I feel healthy and, uh, and wise. And um, I, I know you can't divulge your location. Can you, are, are you in the continental United States? Can, you, can we narrow it down that far? I'm wherever I need to be at any given time. You are wherever you need to be. All right. We'll leave it at that then. Um, I just want to pick up on a few threads that we uh, discussed in the uh, the previous hour. Uh, just briefly, tell me how you became President Reagan's secret agent. Well, the Wisconsin senior uh, Senator Alexander Wiley, when I was young, 12 years old, I was a member of Junior Achievement. He was there sponsoring the Junior Achievement, and I introduced him at the Milwaukee Auditorium as the guest speaker. And I stuttered, which I did in grade school, and Catholic nuns and all that good stuff. And the next morning, he met my mother and my dad, and his wife came to our house and offered my mother $500 to send me to Dale Carnegie so I wouldn't stutter. He felt sad and bothered because I was sitting right next to him when I introduced him at the Milwaukee Auditorium. 
and I was a member of Junior Achievement in Milwaukee, which is young kids creating jobs, internally manufacturing, coach. That's all training. And so he gave my parents $500, sent me Dale Carnegie's on a scholarship, and I loved it because I never learned to shut up since. <laughs> and from there, and from there, to Ronald Reagan, how did that happen? Well, Senator Wiley was my sponsor. He was a senior citizen of the state of Wisconsin. He knew as a Waukesha County dep- a deputy sheriff, a Milwaukee police officer, a, a rescue squad officer, Monomoly um, Falls Fire Department, and I had training and being a good American. I gave, and I was also a lay minister of the Catholic Church and a member of the Knights of Columbus and so on and so forth. And I taught CCD in the, in the grade schools and stuff like that. So he introduced me to Senator, rather, Senator Wiley introduced me to the White House. And I met with a, a Elizabeth Dole, who is the wife of, of Senator Dole. And they were interviewed, interviewed, did all the, all the testing, things like that. And suddenly I was meeting Dutch. Telling me and William Kate, William Bill Kate Casey, they were interested in my in my background and the ability and the high grades I had. Also served a two and diamond apprenticeship too, which was five years, which I was lucky to get. Five hundred forty two people applied for it and I came in fourth. So I felt honored that I could learn. I still have all my fingers, which mm-hmm. is pretty pretty good for that trade. Do you remember your first meeting with Dutch as you called him, President Reagan? Yes, yes. What was it like? After after I passed, it was with uh, with uh, Elizabeth Dole and Bob Dole and a couple other big people at the White House. I met him, and I really thought when he wanted me to get get my photographs and passports, I felt I was going to meet, because he said something about R.R., and I felt I was going to meet Roy Rogers because he was, <laughs> a, a, you know, a cowboy and all that stuff. And when I went to the Secret Service to get my photographs, it turned out to be Rick Reynolds. I was disappointed. <laughs> I thought, being a kid, Roy Rogers. <laughs> and then at the at the inaugural ball, they had me take off, which I thought I was going to France. I ended up in Vienna, Austria, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing in Vienna, Austria, because I thought, according to my agenda for what I got from the Secret Service, I was going to Paris, France, and I ended up in Vienna, Austria, because Vienna, Austria is a free zone. We can do little things. Everybody trades in Vienna, Austria. But you didn't know so what I your established. did you know what your role hmm? was at this point? Did you know what Reagan had in mind for you? Certainly. That's why I was in meetings with him. And Bill Casey, the CIA director. All right. And um, as I was there to destabilize the Soviet Union because they were the evil empire and they wanted to bury us with their own shovels. And I don't think that was a good idea as a, as a, a cop's cop, shall we say. Okay. And we need to clarify one point uh, in our sort of sum- summary of, of how you managed to bring the Soviet Union down. I said that you were trading rubles, which is not technically correct. No, we don't trade. We, we, well, we exchange. They want to get rid of their rubles, and they want shillings, Austrian shillings, which I had a bundle on, or they want French francs, uh, whatever they needed. We would exchange. Like, you give me a $5 bill, and give me five singles. Oh, I'm sorry, you want two $2 bills and a dollar bill. That's $5. It was a straight transfer. And the military had nothing. They could not even get tires for, the, for their aircraft and stuff of that uh, nature. So they were willing to trade anything because then they could use a higher currency in Hungary and Budapest and stuff like that. And I was willing to do that. So I have accounts at Credit Stock, and I have a line of credit for $250 billion. I got, excuse me, $150 billion from the Bank of China. 
because Deng Xiaoping and I met at Western Hills a few times. He and I got along great. I bought back stuff. In fact, I believe he bought him some uh, some uh, good stuff from the United States, and we got along great. He was at, at Western Hills. That he lived in his big, beautiful place, and he would tell me that Bush was an idiot. Bush would be here as a a, a, a representative of the United States, and he would be here or there. And I, he got so mad, he said, "I asked the aides because Bush knew nothing." He said he was head. I go, Ooh, "What does that mean?" Because Bush knew nothing, right? And and, and Reagan had me back and forth to to China, and uh, I flew United Airlines back and forth. In fact, I remember when I flew. From the States to the first time going to the Peking, I got stopped at the airport. Before that, the United Airlines had to change, change the planes and get fuel. And the, the Chinese guys came up with the, the little burp guns and all that stuff, told me I couldn't get on a plane because I didn't have a visa. And I said, I supposed to meet Deng Xiaoping, and they kind of laughed at me. And I wouldn't stop. And I kept arguing with these guys, I'm here for a reason. And because United Airlines had to get gas. In, in that city, because the next crop, they couldn't get fuel. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Everybody's getting, getting onto the bus to go back onto the airplane. And I go, son of a gun, I'm not going. All of a sudden, a big guy, Chinese guy, with burp guns and everything comes up to me. Come, 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 come. The plane waiting for you, plane waiting for you. Apparently, they checked me out. I have a visa to meet, meet Deng Xiaoping. I had to be there. Plus, I had Brandy Manhattan's in little, little cans that I took from Wisconsin, which with the taxes paid, of course, and mm-hmm. I was going to give them as a gift that Dutch wanted, and Dutch wanted me to drop off some cartons of Lucky Strikes, because I'm not telling you what was in the carton of Lucky Strikes, because they came from the president to me and to Deng Xiaoping directly in another snoop. All right. And I don't smoke. Okay. So, uh, and then you were extended this uh, seed money of $150 billion. That allowed right. you to begin... The bank in my name, Leo Amo Monta, W-A-N-T-A. Right. And then in Vienna. After exchanging this currency exchange, uh, and this, uh, this basically, this was the mechanism by which the Soviet ruble collapsed. Is that correct? Absolutely collapsed. They had, they couldn't buy anything. Nobody wanted some stuff. Right. And so at that point, the Soviet Union and Mikhail Gorbachev recognized they were sunk. So they, they waved the white flag. They were insolvent and they knew that. And I offered, Gorbachev, when I met him at, at the Kremlin, in fact, when I went there to meet him, I was supposed to meet him like at 2.30 at the Kremlin and check with my guys at the hotel because we flew in from Vienna, and they say I don't have a reservation. So I go, what do you mean I don't have a reservation? I'm getting real bold about this. I deal currently with stuff in it. And I says, I have reservations to meet Gorbachev at 2.30, and they laugh and blew me off. I says, wait a minute. And I made so much noise, a guy came out of the office. He says, what's the qualm? What's the? I showed my passport. I said, I have a reservation. My guys were here, were from Vienna, Austria, and we're going to meet Gorbachev. And then he went behind the counter, looked at the files, and he starts screaming in Russian at this guy. Here it is. Bata, 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 B-A-H-T-A, bata, bata. Sir, we'll have everything set up for you right away. We apologize. Because Wanta in the Soviet Union and Russia is bata, B-A-H-T-A. How do I know that? Ah. All right. So when you met Gorbachev, did he understand or did he have any inkling that you were the one that was responsible for collapsing the Soviet economy? Yeah, he really talked to Ray, the Dutch. Was he angry with you? It was just, hell no, he was happy to see me and happy that I agreed. In fact, he agreed to accept $10 billion. And I said, yes, everything's okay. And then I said, oh my God, I can't do this. 
He said, what do you mean you can't do this? I need your packing coordinates. And it was a gore shelf. So he left the room, came back with some toilet tissue. Sorry, let me just jump in here. There's someone breathing very heavily on the other line. I'm not sure what's happening there. I must there. be long. Okay, sorry, long. long. <laughs> but anyhow, Gorshev accepted the $10 billion, and we got him out of there, and he's in Presidio in California, safe and sound, and we saved millions of lives. And then put, without firing a shot, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty cool about that. And, I um, could have got shot myself. Right, right. Why... What would have been the problem with Reagan announcing that this was how it, this is how it ended? Why why do we not hear about this story? Why do we not, why don't we learn about this? Sorry, it's an act of war. It would be an act of war that we were taking down the Soviet Union. That'd be an act of war. That's why I was in Austria, so it wasn't a United States operation. And you have to keep in mind the Chinese were very upset that the Soviets were always attacking them at their borders and. And killing the people and making internal internal moves into the border. That's why China gave me 150 billion at Credit Start Bank to to, to, re, to redo the borders. Every every country has borders. They have to maintain those borders. Like the United States, I offered Trump 35 billion for the borders down. You know, and God knows if he got that, FedEx sent them stuff. We was I was willing to pay 35 billion to save. Established borders. That's part of our constitution. We're a constitutional republic. That means right. we need established borders. Makes sense to me. Okay. Now, let me ask you about your ambassadorship. Um, exp- yeah. Explain that. You're the, you at that point. You were you an ambassador? No, I was with, up in uh, in Toronto. They needed money. They needed help. The Italians were going to give uh, Somalia back to them. They needed somebody that they could trust. They needed. They had some gold. They were selling some, trading some gold at credit stuff. Credit Swiss Bank. I told them you don't have to. We'll take a loan against that. My attorney Tony Manacci and Sandy Sordi and Giovanni Ferro was all there with me in Toronto when President Haji of Somalia was trying to save his country and the, and the the uh, we call them the the board of the senior powers to be. You know, they have like a commission. You know, the they have a name for them. The people. Like, like the board of directors. And they asked me if I would be the ambassador to Somalia because Canada was helping Somalia with their food and stuff of that nature. And I asked them, what else can we do? They needed money. So we thought, I thought, that we would rebuild the Naval Supply Depot in Mogadishu to save them from everybody and also take half of the airport. And we would pay the instruction and give half to the United States Air Force, which would protect Somalia. And even Ambassador Stevens knew all this stuff, and he gets pumped off, and because he wasn't playing their game on the on the arms deals with Turkey, that he refused to do. That's why Stevens was killed. Oh, in he Libya, refused yes. To play play the game. Okay, so just so I'm clear, Lee, you were the ambassador from Somalia to Switzerland and Canada. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Right. Now let's just back up here. Perfect. So after this, the collapse of the Soviet Union and Mikhail Gorbachev gets his $10 billion to walk into the sunset and retires to California with his own little uh, foundation. Uh, and then uh-huh. what, what role? The money you, cleared. Right. And so where, is the, where are the, the, uh, the, the accumulated trillions at this point? Are they in banks all over the world? I understand from my associates at Ernful, because I used to work with Ernful when we tried to rich, mark rich. I had warrants for his arrest in Switzerland. 
And that's probably why I wasn't loved either, because Mark Rich, Mark Rich was in a court of a block from us. And I had people with me, but we were, had warrants to arrest Mark Rich. And he got a, a pardon from Bill Clinton, which is very strange, because the FBI director told us to arrest him. At that time, I was cooperating with Customs, Bill LaCage, and the Secret Service, uh, another gen- a gentleman. We had open live arrest warrants at Interpol, and I was arresting Mark Rich to bring him back to the United States for tax evasion. Okay, so, but the question is, and Lon, if you'd like to jump in here as well, what, what happened to the, uh, the, the trillions that you had accumulated uh, through these currency exchanges and, and buying up certain, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, bank guarantees and so forth? Okay, according to IMF, Christine Lagarde and the, 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 uh, the World Bank, I'm worth $433 trillion on the books right now. And I said that I want this money sent back to Austria since the United States refuses to help me and take it. And I'll pay 60% repatriation taxes or something to negotiate. Because none of this money was made in the United States. There was no act of war. Everything was done at New Republic, USA Financial Group, GES, MBH, and Vienna, Austria. You know, it's New Republic, USA, New Republic, United States of America. We're Constitutional Republic, Mr. Reagan. You know what I mean? Right. That's why we did all the trading out of Austria. And in Hungary, we did no trading. No money was made in the United States, not a dime. Lee, it might be interesting that just just as Lee uh, in 2006 uh, was ordered, you know, by a federal judge to repatriate his money here in the United States. And he brought in 2006 $4.5 trillion he allowed to be released into a bank in Richmond, Virginia, which was promptly stolen. No, it was that, converted. Or they I mean, call it, I guess they call it converted. <laughs> yeah, the United States oh, Congress converted yeah. the money. And they okay. said that in court, that yes, it wants his money. However, they, they converted the money. They stole it. So wait a minute, just so people listening at home can follow here. Um, we're jumping ahead to 2006. Uh, in the previous hour, we discussed how you were uh, essentially kidnapped. You were thrown in a prison in, in Switzerland. Uh, and then from there, you were uh, you were freed, thanks in part to... No, right? Wisconsin prison. Yeah, I was free to come to the United States and be in Wisconsin prison and in Oklahoma prison. Right. It and kept me moving around to kick me butt. Right. So you were, you were imprisoned in Wisconsin on trumped-up charges for 11 years. Then you were released. Uh, and no, no, I was sent to another prison. Ah. I've never been released. Okay. I got released when Al Gore found me in, in Oklahoma. Aha. All right. So from from there, you went to Oklahoma. How long did you serve in Oklahoma? Oh, probably a year and a half, two years. Another year and a half. Terrible. Again, trumped up charges on tax evasion? Well, they knew I was an ambassador. The prison in Oklahoma knew, and Sarah, Oklahoma knew. Even my rank, I had a private cell. Nobody had a private cell. And I had the rank of an ambassador because they knew I was an ambassador. So I was being held for special privileges or whatever else they were doing. In fact, at the tail end when when Gore came to Sierra, Oklahoma, to verify it was still me, he gives me a Pepsi and a bag of potato chips. The Secret Service runs all the guards. He goes back to some judge in Oklahoma, and they threw me out of Oklahoma because I wasn't supposed to be there. And did they? I'm not a prisoner. During your time in both Wisconsin and Oklahoma prisons, were they constantly dangling that carrot that if you if you give us the money, we'll let you go? Oh yeah. I told them I have a mandate, I have things to do. I can do the 
the high-speed rail. I got to do the Veterans Administration. I got to do the student loans. They got our infrastructure, and Ron can confirm that we set up AIB, the American Integrity Bank, so we can clean up the banks. Because once we get rid of the Federal Reserve, which is not a bank, it's never been a bank, we have AIB, and now you've got Trump saying he's going to do it. Okay, I don't want to get too far into the weeds here. Uh, let's just, um, if we could. So when you when you were promised that if you if you give us, I mean, how how did they expect you to give them the money? Did you need to give them the location of the banks or? Well, they wanted me to release all the money to them. But how would you all do that? I'd be a dead man. Like, oh, oh yeah, under the under they gave me some uh, some agreement in Wisconsin. If I take them to all my banks, I'm free to go. All right, free to go. Because that you was have part to... of the Alford plea. That's, uh, that's by the way, that's the on Alford the website. Alford plea, plea. and that's it's it. on the last chapter in Lee's book. Would be helpful to read. It's, uh, it explains that in chapter 17, and it's available on the website. You, you can just read it. You know. Okay, so, the, so that last chapter. Yeah. All right. So you, if you had told them where all this money is squirreled away, what banks and so forth, you could have walked, but you refused to because, again, your mandate is to return that money to the American people. We're going to take a time out. We'll come back. No, 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 well, no. Okay, My you mandate could, is not to return the people to the people. Mandate is to build a high speed rail. America, well, that's uh, what I'm saying. By extension, let yeah. me let's just take a break and we'll come uh, back. We'll just hand it out to the people. All right, we'll uh, we'll come back and uh, continue this conversation with uh, President Reagan's secret agent, uh, Ambassador Lewanta, and his spokesperson, Lon Gibby, right here on the Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's Mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. From Yeti to Nessie, pyramids to pandemics, all is revealed on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra from Zoomer Radio. We're back with the $33 trillion man, President Reagan's secret agent ambassador, Ali Wanta, on the line from a secret and secure location. Also joining us on the line is his spokesperson, uh, publisher, filmmaker, Lon Gibby and the website eagle one to wanta.com. That's all spelled out. Eagle one, O-N-E, to wanta.com. And uh, the official biography is called Wanta, Black Swan, White Hats. And um, we were talking about uh, you were uh, falsely imprisoned in first in uh, Switzerland. Then you were brought to New York. And then, then you were apprehended again and uh, imprisoned in Wisconsin and then uh, released and then imprisoned in Oklahoma, uh, all on trumped-up charges. And again, you were being uh, basically pressured uh, to release the money that you had amassed, trillions of dollars, squirreled away in in banks all over the world. Uh, You refused to do that because you had a mandate. And uh, your mandate, again, just restate that if you would, Ambassador. My mandate was to re, re, rebuild the, our constitutional republic, 
get rid of the Federal Reserve after an audit and pay any lawful debts that the Federal Reserve accumulates that be really belong to us. Do the high-speed rail, which is 250,000 jobs almost immediately, and uh, rebuild on the in- infrastructure, including the Alabama Highway, so we could run the, the train tracks in between for the MX Mobile missiles. Now you got Putin. He's got MX Mobile missiles all over the Silk Road and all that stuff. That was our plan. Right. Favorite country because the, the high-speed rail tracks, besides passengers, would have have cargo things on there so we can launch an MX Mobile missile immediately. If I could ask, how much of that money would would have been for you, your own personal use? It's all my money. That's why it was done in New Republic in Austria. Then I have to pay 60% in Austria or pay the 65% in the United States on our mandated missions, not to give the Congress the screw around and give it away to anybody and everybody. That's not property of the United States. That's why we ran the operation in Vienna, Austria, because that's what they wanted. It was a free zone. There was no crimes committed against the Russian Federation or the Soviet Union or any other country. And now we're staging a war again because people don't understand the truth. They're afraid of the truth. They can't be because all the student loans, the high-speed rail, the, the Veterans Administration, the infrastructure, I set up a Ameritrust, which is a trust to do all that stuff. And now you got these, these uh, control guy and all these other guys claiming that they run that Ameritrust group. Trust group, that's me. I own all the shares. They own nothing. I fired them after they met with the Queen of England to tear us down and rip off our country. I fired them for cause. They were stealing money from the corporation and putting it everywhere else but where it belongs. It belongs in my pocket so I can do the bills. And and we're talking now uh, the thirty three trillion, although some have estimated it at four hundred and something mil- trillion. Yeah, it's four hundred thirty three trillion right now at the World Bank. IMF has confirmed that. So is the French. Four hundred and thirty three trillion. Yeah, under the Wanta Mitterrand Reagan protocols, the three party: President Reagan, Francois Mitterrand, the President of France, and myself. Nobody else knew about this. Nobody. Now there's an Not other even the Chinese. Another very important uh, ruling by a Judge Lee, um, this is the district court in Virginia, is it? The Federal District Court of Virginia? Yeah, yeah right. I'm the sole principal of Ameritrust, and the money belongs to me, the person. Okay. Lon, could I get you maybe to explain what happened in that court? <clears throat> well, when, uh, Lee, when Lee went to court there, uh, they... Judge Lee basically in his uh, final statement in 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 the in the case uh, at, uh, said that Lee should bring all of his funds back in uh, uh, and repatriate his funds into the United States and pay his taxes because that's what we need. I mean, uh, with that amount of money being paid in, into the tax base of our country, would be a phenomenal blessing. For the United States, and uh, that's what Lee wanted to do, but uh, he's been trying to do that. But uh, they're making it almost impossible because because they continue to try to hijack it uh, or convert it or whatever you want to call it, and uh, so he may be forced to pay his taxes in in Austria, repatriate it there, and then you know that means that they get the tax money instead of the United States, and it's fifty percent. In Austria. So 433 so, trillion, Austria would get 50%. That's 215 trillion. 
He would bring that to the United States, and then they would get their, what, their 60% or whatever? The United States would get nothing. So he needs to repatriate it into our country um, so, that, so that we get the tax money. And then, and then he'll do the other projects besides that. That doesn't, the mandated projects. That's the, that's the thing about, and it's hard for them to understand that anybody would do that because they want to get control of the money because money means power and the ability to control others. And Right. Uh, if he brought that money back, it would just disappear into the treasury, right? And no one would ever see it. Is that is that the the problem? Well, that's correct. Unless it was all made public, it was what's, what what we're trying to do. Well, the story has to get out so that people understand that that money needs to be repatriated. You know, uh, he needs to he needs to pay his taxes, and then what he does with the with with the rest. By the way, taxes in the United States would be thirty five percent. Thirty five percent. Okay. Uh, yeah, instead of fifty percent in Austria. So. Uh, and then, and but the problem you got is, you know, the the Federal Reserve, it, as you know, is, is is a club. It's not. It was formed in 1913. It's it's not a bank. It's not a reserve. You know, it's it's a clearinghouse. So they're very good at clearing money and passing it around and doing what's called derivatives. And that's something you should talk about on one of your shows, Richard. Is talk about what a derivative is because of the bank. A lot of the major banks have those on their balance sheet. Basically, it's just taking this money on paper and selling it over and over again. It's a Ponzi scheme, basically. Right. Right. Now, so. um, getting back to the, uh, the the trillions here, the money. Um, where, I mean, what's preventing you right now, uh, ambassador from, from paying the taxes on it in Austria and, and then taking it to the U S and paying your taxes there. Who's preventing you from doing that exactly? No, nobody anymore. Cause I already agree with Austria that the, the world bank will send them the money and will reopen my accounts. And I have a, a partner over there in Vienna. Reopen everything else and just stay in Austria. Nobody wants me to pay my taxes. So why should, why should I fight City Hall, which is corrupt? So you'll pay your taxes in Austria, and then you'll have the remainder. And then what will you do with it? I'll still do the, uh, the high-speed rail, the things that I want to do, but I'm not giving it to politicians. It's always called found missing. See, once they get that money, it's going to be gone. They're not interested in building it for the... American people, or we're a constitutional republic. I am. That's why I took a mandate to serve the people, all fellow Americans. That's what Reagan wants, and that's what I'm going to do. But if I can't spend the money in the United States, I might as well send it to Austria and, and pay off bills from, from there. Right. Okay, and what's preventing you from doing that right now, today? Nothing right now, because we're rebuilding everything in Austria to do that. Because the United States, we had this, this guy Steele, Bob Steele, came to my place and offered me that he would help me with with uh, Trump and give me a billion dollars to take a walk. I told him, you take a walk to the airport. It's crazy. Well, I could give him a billion uh, dollars. He actually had, he actually had, you know, somebody that represented that they, the they were with Trump. He's a CIA so we, we can't verify, you know, it can't be verified for sure that it was from Trump, but he came with a Trump hat and all this stuff from the White House. And the flags and, and all that and, stuff. Uh, but, but it's probably probably wasn't from Trump himself, I don't think myself, but uh, we, we 
he don't said know. he was. He yeah. said he would get a deal with Trump, and I'd take a billion dollars to take a walk. I'd be a dead but man. That, see, Lee's 79 right now. You know, he's been, <laughs> but he's still going strong, and, he's, and he's, his mind is sharp, and he wants to, he wants to finish his mandate. And he's not going to, you know, they, they accepted, they asked, offered him a billion dollars, basically. They told him to take a walk. All right. if, if he'd turn over all the keys to all of his funds. All the keys to your funds. In other words, give them the locations of the location of the uh, of the banks and so forth, and stand up on their behalf. Right, give them the money. So, does, in your estimation, is the current administration, President Trump, aware uh, of this situation and the history? I know he's aware because I sent him stuff on the border that I want to do that. But keep in mind, you can't see President Trump because the last duly elected president of the United States was President Reagan. None of the elections mean a dang thing to me because I know from the Electoral College they're bullshit. Well, you can't use those terms on the, on radio. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I'm I'm a- okay. yeah. So are you saying that, you, yeah. that, that President Trump can't be trusted either? Is that what you're saying? The reason I feel that way, he took two of my employees that's on his transition team, a uh, 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 control and a a Mel, a Melville. Both of them on his transition team. Both are met with the Queen and Judge, rather some Doctor Wolfen in London. As my representatives, they can't be. I fired them both. They do not represent me or oh. the people. Okay, I've got to jump in here. We've got to take a we've got to take a timeout. Pardon the pardon the interruption. We'll come right back with Ambassador Wanta Lon Gibby right here on the Conspiracy Show. We are back with Ambassador Lee Wanta and Lon Gibby, and the website is Eagle One. Follow the truth. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. We are back with Ambassador Lee Wanta and Lon Gibby, and the website is Eagle One to Wanta. Eagle1towanta.com, and the author, authorized biography is Wanta, Black Swan, White Hat. Uh, Lon Gibby is the uh, official spokesperson for Ambassador Wanta, and uh, he joins us on the line as well as the ambassador himself, Ronald Reagan's secret agent, the $33 trillion man. He's calling us from a, a secret and secure location. Uh, I just wanted to move quickly over to uh, Ukraine and um, find out what, what if anything, uh, the situation in Ukraine may have to do with the, uh, the $33 trillion Because, of course, um, uh, Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden, who was on the, uh, the board of directors for this uh, energy company, uh, they were doing uh, business with Ukraine. It's often considered to be, or it was anyway, one of the most corrupt regimes anywhere in the world. When Joe Biden was vice president, Ukraine was uh, his file. He was in charge. Uh, and um, he insisted that the uh, uh, the um, attorney general in Ukraine be fired in order to free up, I guess it was about a billion dollars in aid. Uh, and coincidentally, of course, um, the, the energy company in question where Hunter Biden was uh, representing that was being investigated by this uh, attorney general. Does any of this have anything to do with you, Ambassador Wanta? I would hope not, because Ukraine is a member of the Russian Federation, and 
what they were doing to protect Ukraine. You have to understand, not Velmir, that uh, that lady, that lady from the State Department on behalf of Clinton went over there with Soros and tried to take Ukraine and make them a battleground. And they are a member of the Russian Federation. They had no authority. Victoria Newland, at least. That's Victoria the name, New- right. Victoria yeah. Newland from the State Department went over there and bragging. We got it on tape and film that she's buying the, the, the oil companies and everything. That's illegal. We have no right. The United States has no right to go into Ukraine and change everything. At the same time, you had Hillary Clinton selling uranium to Russia for a profit. How many crooks do we have to look at and ignore and that's verified, too. She sold uranium one stolen from the United States for a profit. Uh, and what do your sources tell you about what the the uh, the, the current investigation uh, into what what has been going on in Ukraine? Um, do you do you think that anyone in the Hillary Clinton camp or the Obama camp uh, will be indicted over this? Certainly, Victoria Nolan was on the film, and we have copies of that, telling the oil companies that they're giving them all kinds of money to to change the the management of, of the oil and the petrol. Who, what right do we have to rearrange Ukraine? None. But Victoria Nolan of the State Department, on orders from Hillary Clinton, went over there and told these oil companies that they're in charge now. You can't do that. It goes back to the original agreement, that uh, general, general agreement of cooperation that was signed by Lee and uh, the other uh, Russian Federation people that signed it. Granary uh, and it basically gives them the because it, it basically gives them the right to to do business with their neighbors, just like the United States and Canada. We work together, you know. We 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 sell products back and forth and all that, but. But they've set up a situation that could create a world war right out of the Ukraine. It's a, it's a very volatile location. And, of course, the world war uh, might even play into their, into their plan. You know, hmm. so. uh, all right. We've got about two minutes here, and then we'll break one more time, and then we'll have a, another 10-minute segment after. So, uh, Lon, where would you like to, to go next in this discussion uh, with regards to Ambassador Wanda's $33 trillion? Uh, I'm, well, I'm thinking that it would be interesting to bring up, you know, um, proofs that verify Lee is who he is. For example, governor, uh, of the former governor of Wisconsin, or excuse me, of, of uh, Tennessee, Governor Don Sunquist, who left a message on Lee's phone, uh, phone about expecting to get a bunch of money out of Lee's money. So a lot of people don't realize they think, oh, well, this is an interesting thing, but we, there's proof. You can just go on the website and listen to the recording that they accidentally left on the, on Lee's embassy phone. They could hear, here's a former respected governor, Republican governor, and also the future uh, head of the Republican Party expecting to get, trying to extort money out of Lee. I mean, if that's not proof, I don't know what is. Nobody's done jack about that since that came out, and that was clear back in, 2014. Right. And yeah. we, we, in fact, uh, you were kind enough to allow me to play that audio. We did play that uh, on this program, um, I guess, back yeah. in 2015, 2016, the last time you were on. All right. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the other documented proof in the book on the website that substantiates uh, who, well, that uh, Ambassador Wanda is who he says he is and did what he said He did. We'll do that when we come back. The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. 
expecting originally uh, $30 billion, but then they ended up saying, well, we'll take 10. And then they, they later in the conversation said, well, we'll take five. That's a lot of money. And they said they, that they got to be paid. Sunquist was the governor of Tennessee, but he also, they all worked for Bush. Yeah. Or Scherf, either way. Well, he, he owes us all of it, but we'll settle for half of it just to get right. out of this. Just to get away and forget about it. He won't ever have to hear it worry about us again. Right. But he does owe us that money. And and if he does, if he says he doesn't, then then I, I'm going to ask him, what does he think, what do you think, Lee, that you owe us? Anything? For all that work? Anything? I just can't imagine anybody as smart as he is is going to be screwing around over $10 billion, you know? Or even five. Or five, even, you know? Yeah. Huh. If I had that kind of money, I'd... And dealing with us, too, I'd give them ten so fast and make your head spin. Just get rid of me. Them. Me, too. You want rid of us, give us five, and we'll call it even. Yeah, that's it. No less. No less. That's it. There's no negotiations. One-time offer. Take it or leave it. There you go. No, not take it or leave it. <laughs> no. You no. better take it, I mean. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's pretty serious. And they definitely believe that if the money was real, or they wouldn't have been well, talking yeah, like that. Well, yeah, they knew the money was real, because they knew Bush. They yeah. knew exactly how to get the money and get their share. They're the ones that call the shots. Yeah, the deep state and the puppet masters. Who do you think you're talking to? I'm the boss. I'm a puppet master. I've been here for 50 years. I get people to pay, people to do. I know Pelosi and O'Shuber. Big deal. And we're back with Lon Gibby and Ambassador Lee Wanta. And uh, that piece of audio you just heard was uh, a voice uh, mail recording from the former governor of Tennessee. Do I have that right, Lon? That's correct. Uh, Don Sunquest. And uh, and also Sheldon Sontag, who was a, a senator from the state of uh, South Dakota, is on there as well. And how did we get that? How did you get that recording? It was accidentally left on Lee's embassy phone. Uh, they were trying to get a hold of Lee, and they called me, and Lee said, do not uh, talk to them today, because we'd had several conversations with them before. They were trying to say that they that they needed Lee to pay them. $30 billion because uh, they, they believe that Lee had his money and that they were the ones that got it released. So when he, when they called, it was on Labor Day of 2014. Uh, I didn't pick up and they got frustrated and they were talking. On, they didn't realize when they called Lee's embassy phone that they completely uh, real, didn't realize that it was recording everything they said. They thought they'd hung up. It was like a blessing from God that, that that Lee was able to obtain that because it really shows, in a nutshell, just how corrupt you know they were and that they expected to get five billion dollars at minimum and they were holding out for ten and if Lee didn't pay him there was going to be some consequences associated with it. All right. So did, they obviously believed the money was real. Right. Right. Okay. And um, and you verified that those. The, that those two gentlemen on that uh, answering machine message, they are who they claim they were. 
Oh, absolutely. There's no question of that. Okay. It's been verified. That's their voices. So the other yeah. piece of uh, imp- important documentation here, I think, it goes back to the uh, the federal court in Virginia and the um, the ruling by Justice Lee. Uh, just explain again. Uh, what... No, that's 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 by Alan Ross. No, 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 not the just... one in New York. Oh, I'm talking oh, about the more oh, recent the, court. Uh, oh, in... the one in uh, 2006. Yes. Yeah. Explain what that ruling was. Okay, Lee, do you want to explain that, or do you want? No, to you go right ahead. Well. In that ruling, uh, Lee was told that he need to, needed to bring all of his, shut down his corporations, that means Ameritrust, all the different companies that he owns, and to repatriate his money into the United States and pay his taxes. And that's all he's been trying to do. And, and that, th- that court document is reproduced on the CD-ROM, which comes with uh, the, the biography, correct? Yeah, and it's on the website as well. It's one of the documents from that court case. If you go to Chapter 17, it, it, it talks about it, and there's a link that's associated with it. And that's on the website. You don't have to buy the book or anything to get to that. And in the document, you know? this court document uh, from the federal court in Virginia, um, is, is Lee addressed as ambassador? I can't verify that, Lee. I, I, I don't remember. Absolutely ambassador, because he was really upset with with the CIA director saying that I report to him. And Judge Lee says, I know this guy. I met him at the White House. He does not work for you. Oh, Your Honor, I made a mistake. Yeah, right. Uh, are the transcripts also included, or is it just the ruling? <clears throat> the transcripts are not on that particular thing, but they, the transcripts exist and have all of the final details. But that, that particular transcript, as far as is, is there, the one pertaining to that release of his funds, and repatriating his money. And is a dollar figure That's, is a dollar figure mentioned? No, in the, there's no, no dollar figure. Oh yeah, it's four and a half trillion. Well, it doesn't say yeah. that on there, does, does it? Lee? Yeah, I can't does. remember the seeing that. Was four and a half trillion. The test tranche. The well, that was that trillion. was that was a letter that you'll see on there that uh, where this group was uh, asking Lee to bring the 27 trillion into the country, and Lee agreed to do it, and certain people. We're going to get certain money. Money. Uh, Lee. It shows Lee getting four point five trillion, and then it shows this other group uh, getting eleven trillion, and somebody else getting some guy named Tropus, and all these different people. And that document was a letter that was submitted, and uh, and many Congress uh, people in Congress uh, received that letter. And it, that it was well. That's another exhibit that's on that chapter seventeen. That's on the website. So for all the and people listening, can... all the people listening who think that the ambassador is not an ambassador and that he's delusional and or that he's making all of this up and this is just fantasy and it's a good story but it's not true, again they will find these court documents verifying all Correct. of this uh, included in the uh, the biography on a CD ROM. Uh, Want a white or a black swan white hat, correct? Correct. And how do they get a copy of the book again? Well, they can get the paperback by going to GibbyMedia.com. That's our, and just going to the store and they could order the heart, the, the actual book itself. It's, it's a very thick book, 538 pages, and it has a digital disc in it that we went through the effort to put all of the exhibits all in one place. So that, you know, it's one of the few books that you actually get to have all the backup uh, 
information. Or you can you can download it for twelve dollars off of uh, Amazon or uh, Buy Books or uh, Barnes and Noble. Just just enter. Just enter in uh, Lee Wanta, and it'll come up on any of those sites. Ambassador, you know? final question to you. How do you survive these days? You don't have access to those funds. How, how, how do you live? I pray a lot. I have friends. And uh, I, I lied. I have one more question. Sorry. Uh, I'm just okay. looking at the clock here. Well, I mean, is there a resolution in sight? Are you asking well, they, they, all, yes. they all know it's my money. So why they're stalling is, is a... They're state agent provocateurs against the people of the United States. Are you at, at, are you free to go back to Austria? Yeah, am I free to what? Go back to Austria. Go back to Austria. Certainly. I, in fact, I couldn't get a visa to go back there because I never left. All right, gentlemen. Uh, I hope we'll we'll talk again soon, and hopefully there'll be a, a positive resolution to this amazing story. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.